This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Well, hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. My name is Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team. Team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice, strategy related queries you may have. Today in the studio, I'm joined by Matt Manning, one of our technical services team members. Now, I've asked Matt to come along to talk about end of financial year strategies, particularly those unique to the 2020-21 financial year. Matt, welcome today. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me along. Now, naturally, super contributions are a major part of many end of financial year strategies. But as we approach 30 June 2021, are you seeing anything different to previous financial years? I think that the main theme for super contributions in the 2021 financial year has been hesitancy. First, there's the overall COVID-induced economic uncertainty, which resulted in some clients no longer having the funds available to make voluntary contributions to super, and others who do still have the means but are no longer as willing to lock away funds in the long-term tax structure of superannuation. There's also the uncertainty as to the contribution rules for those aged 65 and 66. Although it is certain that they can make voluntary concessional and non-concessional contributions without having to satisfy the work test or the work test exemption, under current law, they can only trigger the non-concessional bring forward during the 2020-21 financial year if they are under age 65 as at 1 July 2020, as the bill to raise this to under age 67 as at 1 July 2020 still has not passed through Parliament. Also, the 25,000 concessional cap for this financial year will increase to 27,500 for the 21-22 financial year, and likewise, the current 100,000 standard non-concessional cap for 2021 will become 110,000 for 21-22. I guess there always remains the possibility, albeit remote, the federal government may use the upcoming budget to propose legislation which would reset or freeze the indexation of these caps However, they won't do so, um, hopefully, but there is a precedent for that occurring. On the positive front, compared to last financial year, I've noticed far greater interest in carry-forward concessional contributions, and these were what was previously known as catch-up concessional contributions. This is likely because during 2021 financial year, those eligible can now carry forward the unused concessional cap amount for both the 18-19 and 19-20 financial years. Okay, Matt, so what type of clients do you think can most benefit from making these carry-forward concessional contributions? Uh, well, for those who are eligible and have the means and inclination to do so, uh, I think that this is an extremely versatile strategy. Uh, firstly, we have the main policy target of this provision, uh, which are clients who have unused concessional cap amounts because they've returned to the paid workforce after a period of absence for various reasons, uh, such as raising a family, providing care for a relative, etc. It also suits various other situations, including those who previously were not aware of the benefit of voluntary concessional contributions until they sought financial advice. Those who've had a spike in their taxable income, uh, including those who have uh, realised a large capital gain, and also recent migrants and returned expats who have not recently made concessional contributions to super in Australia. 
Also, the opportunity to use carry forward concessional contributions is only going to increase over time as we can utilise the unused concessional cap amount for up to five previous financial years, but we've only been able to accrue an unused amount since the 18-19 financial year. So for the current 2021 financial year, we can carry forward the unused amount for the previous two financial years, but during the 21-22 financial year, we can carry forward the unused amount for the previous three financial years, etc. It's certainly a very tax effective way to save for retirement. So what is the eligibility criteria for a client to make these carry forward concessional contributions and how do they go about doing so? Well, aside from the normal contribution standards, such as being under age 67 uh, or age 67 to age 75 and satisfy the work test to work test exemption, in order to be eligible to utilise carry forward concessional contributions, the client's total superannuation balance must be less than $500,000 as at 30 June of the previous financial year. So if we're looking to use during the 2021 financial year, we would first need to ensure that their total super balance as at 30 June 2020 was less than 500,000. These carry forward concessional contributions can be made either via salary sacrifice or personal contributions claimed as a tax deduction or a combination of the two. From the client's perspective, there's no actual election to make aside from the usual Section 290 process and timeframes if making personal contributions and claiming a tax deduction. So long as they're eligible, the ATO will automatically first apply the 2021 concessional contribution against their 25,000 concessional cap for 2021, and then once this has been used, then apply to any unused amount during the 1819 and then if this is fully used, apply to any unused amount for the 1920. So the current year concessional cap is always the first port of call, then once this is used, the carry forward applies on a first accrued, first used basis. Therefore, very important to know the client's total super balance as at 30 June of the previous financial year, and also their total used amount from the previous financial year once any previous concessional contributions, including super guarantee, are taken into account. Aside from the client or the super funds records, uh, this information can also be accessed on MyGov. I think that the data there in this respect is actually very good. However, unfortunately, financial advisors cannot currently access um, client information on MyGov, so you'll be reliant on the client uh, or their registered tax agent uh, providing. Also, as a bit of a hint to avoid a common trap when information is relayed, the ATO section of MyGov also displays a figure called your superannuation balance, which may not be the same figure which we need and is the total superannuation balance. Now, Matt, you touched on the indexation of contribution caps. Are there any strategies which relate to the indexation of the transfer balance cap that takes effect from the 1st of July 2021? Uh, yes, although probably not as many as they seem. Uh, the reason for that is that where a client has already used their transfer balance account, they only benefit from the indexation based on their highest ever transfer balance account balance. So a client who's already commenced a $1.6 million account-based pension will not benefit at all from indexation. In such situations, trying to do something tricky, such as rolling their account-based pension back to the accumulation phase, would only be creating unnecessary administration. 
Consider another example to illustrate how the indexation proportionally applies for someone who's never utilized their transfer balance cap. They never fully utilized their transfer balance cap. A client whose only transfer balance cap event was purchasing an account-based pension for 1.2 million post 1 July 2017 has used 75% of their transfer balance cap. Therefore, if they had funds in the accumulation phase and wished to commence another account-based pension, currently they could do so with a maximum purchase price of $400,000. However, if the new account-based pension was purchased post 1 July 2021, the maximum purchase price would be $425,000. That is a benefit from 25% of the $100,000 indexation, which equals to $25,000 as their highest ever transfer balance cap use 75% of the general transfer balance cap. This is the result regardless of their current balance of their first account based pension as this was already assessed for transfer balance cap purposes at time of purchase. Uh, from an advice strategy perspective, usually we want to start an account based pension as soon as the client satisfies the condition of release in order to benefit from the 0% tax on earnings environment for as long as possible. However, what I think is different in the lead up to 30 June 20 is that a client with a high super balance who does not have a transfer balance account and satisfies a condition of release, say today, will probably wait until 1 July 2021 to commence their account-based pension. This is because by doing so, the purchase price of their account-based pension can be 1.7 million rather than 1.6 million, which I'll suggest may be worth forgoing the tax on earnings exemption for the remaining couple of months of 2021 financial year. Okay, well there are the usual end of financial year strategies such as prepaying deductible expenses before the 30th of June and so on. But from a taxation perspective, is there anything different about 30 June 2021? I think the main one is to make sure that a client who's worked from home during 2021 claims a working from home deduction. Uh, to do so, they'd usually have to calculate and proportion expenses, uh, proportion expenses which is reliant on the client maintaining detailed records uh, and can be a nuisance. So the good thing about this financial year is that the client has the option of claiming a flat 80 cent deduction for every hour they work from home during 2021. As an example, if a client worked entirely from home during 2021 and has worked a 37 and a half hour week for 48 weeks of this financial year, that would equate to a $1,440 deduction, which for a 34.5% uh, effective marginal rate taxpayer is effectively worth close to $500. Smallish benefit, but might as well be in their hands. Uh, also, the, the 2021 tax cuts were a little bit unusual in the sense that they were implemented partway through the financial year, but the withholding tables were not adjusted. So for many, the withholding system has slightly overwithheld tax when compared to their true tax position. The client does not need to take any action for withholding matters as the ATO systems will automatically adjust as part of the tax return. But given all else equal, uh, clients who usually get a tax refund will probably get a higher refund than they may expect for 2021. This presents the advice opportunity of what to do with such a lump sum refund, such as repaying debt, saving for emergency, or perhaps making a super contribution during 21-22. Also for a first, uh, a first for the 2021 financial year is the loss carryback tax offset, although this only applies to companies. For the 
2021 and 21-22 financial years and the company tax returns, an eligible entity with a surplus in their franking account may offset an income loss during 1920, 21 and 21-22 against an income tax liability for the 18-19, 19-20 or 2021 financial years. As this offsets refundable, uh, an eligible company can effectively recoup income tax it's paid in the previous financial year. Uh, electing to do so monetizes the benefit of the income loss as soon as possible, rather than having um, the company carry forward the loss to a future financial year. Right, well, thanks for that, Matt. It's been great to have you along today. Now remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can call our BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. And join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars where we dive in more depth into various technical and regulatory matters. Our next session is scheduled for Wednesday the 21st of April when I'll be presenting our next fortnightly BT Academy technical webinar on preparing for a successful budget outcome. We all know and tell our clients that the key to a successful budget is preparation, knowing what is coming and what is achievable. It's no different when it comes to the 2021 federal budget. And in this session, we'll explore items that could have an impact on budgeting for clients, as well as for your own business by reviewing the status of prior budget announcements, the current regulatory and legislative environment, as well as some of the potential changes that could be announced in the 2021 federal budget. To register, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. You can also register for our special budget webinars held the morning of the 12th of May 2021, the day after the 2021 federal budget and view previous webinars and all sessions qualify for CPD points. Until next time, Bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory, and industry news. This podcast is being developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations, or needs.